4: Hi, I'm Jen, or Jenegade Master if you're nasty.
3: Back once again with the Jenegade Master.
4: Pre-Covid comedian, Twitch streamer, and YouTuber, welcome. You are back once again to No Straight Answers, where we give a voice to LGBT plus people, talk queer issues, and learn more about the people in our community. Some serious stuff, some joy, and a very convoluted way of me trying to make new friends. My pronouns are she, her, and I am a cis queer woman. With me today is uh kate Twitch icon, Editing Maestro and Hilarious Scottish lady. Enjoy! Hi. hi! Hi! Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself?
0: Uh yeah, hello, hi, I'm Kate. <laughs> she, her pronouns, I'm from Scotland, uh, I identify as female, and uh, that's probably all you need to know. <laughs>
3: So
4: basically, um, I just wanted to have a little chat with you today, Kate, about kind of... I mean, it's a bit of an uncertain time at the moment. In Britain, particularly, there are some fairly sort of horrific things happening. I think it's important to get the kind of insight of people that are in the LGBT plus community. See how people feel about things, how it's affecting their daily life. Um, I thought we'd go in fairly nice and gentle, potentially, or maybe not. Um, What are your thoughts on Pride?
0: Oh, that is a nice gentle soft intro. Um, I'm alright with pride. Quite like pride. Um, I'm not a massive fan of like overly commercialized pride, like where you gotta spend 50 quid on a ticket to go to a pride event. I don't mm. think that's in keeping with pride. There's lots of um really amazing free pride events I've noticed across the UK. Um that have kind of the same kind of atmosphere. I think if you were to ask me, my favourite pride, mm. uh, I'm going to say Trans Pride Brighton. Okay. Um, only yeah. because I go there and it's like a Twitter meetup because there's <laughs> so many people from Trans Twitter there. Um, and I know lots of folk there. So I think it's a really great, great pride. But, you know, there's been issues with other big prides mm. in the UK not being so great.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean
0: what what's your take on Pride? Give us the Jen's hot take.
4: I'm fascinated by you saying the thing about well, the commercialization thing I think a lot of us have felt for a long time. Um I think for me, because I didn't realise I wasn't straight for the longest time, I came out in my thirties. Um, the my very first pride, because I'd always avoided pride, being a super good ally, I never went to Cardiff Pride because it was like, Well it's not for me. It's it's for them. Let them have their day. It's not for me. I shouldn't I shouldn't be there. But so my first ever pride that I went to as somebody who was into women, I'd like I just felt this entire feeling of just feeling so like full up with love because I was watching women walking around hand in hand. I was seeing men walking around hand in hand. There was a guy that had come in drag and had a balloon peacock tail and I was like. These are very much my people. (laughs) As you say, though, it's like the Cardiff Pride, for example. I think it's like last time I went, I think it was like a tenner to get in. It's almost like they sanitized it a little bit because they've combined Cardiff Pride with something called the Big Weekend. So now it's just like a general go and have a party thing. There are acts on what have you. It's a bit gay, but it's not too gay. So don't worry. It's not too gay. But there are things like um, they do... Like Sophia Gardens, they have like a sort of free, like a gay gay pride, free gay pride type thing where I've performed before. And there's a lot of like grassroots stuff that happens, I think. And it feels like a little bit special to me.
0: Glasgow about maybe five years ago, six years ago, uh, came up with an alternative to Glasgow Pride, which was free pride, uh, which was kind of very grassroots, community led kind of pride event it was fab you know went along had a good time there was a disco night but i think i tend to just avoid pride nowadays (laughs) um not for i'm sick of it or anything but i'm just at that point where i'm like slightly done with it you know because Mm. i'm getting a bit older Don't get me wrong, I'll go go on the march or go film it or whatever, but the whole day drinking session Mm. into nightclub session, I'd rather save myself and maybe go out at night, but again, with that, all the queer venues are jam-packed because it's Pride, so,
1: you know, it's
0: it's kind of, I I, I avoid it not out of disdain or distemper for it, but more out of a logical, I cannot be arsed waiting in a club that's nightclub at the bar. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I can sit on my couch and watch a lovely queer film and have a bottle of wine here. Yeah.
4: I think for me, it's like I've got plenty of um, like queer friends that have been in like long-term relationships and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, I can't be bothered with it. I can't be bothered with this year. And a lot of people go, oh, well, we've achieved so much now. We've got no need for a Pride. It's no longer a protest. And I think... <gasps> I know, oh, right? And that's the worry. <laughs> the words but i think that's the bit that really really bugs me because like i said as somebody who didn't know that they weren't straight for a long time to have somewhere and you know i didn't know i was straight on the basis that the kind of environment i was in wasn't particularly friendly that way i was made to feel like you can have friends that are that way but you can't be that way and to have somewhere safe and it is safe where you've gone somewhere where there are other people that are like you and to see yourself in other people I feel is so important, even with people going, "Oh, well, we've achieved so much now," which we haven't. I mean, that's a whole other argument.
0: Well, I think that is quite a—that's a very big topic that we could wander down.
4: you're <laughs>
1: welcome it's, to.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny though because, like, what you're saying, I think of my first pride and the first pride I went to for me was a kind of a mixed bag because I went along expecting kind of a lot of tolerance, and unfortunately. Sorry, cisgay men, it was a cisgay man that said it. Just kind of asked me why there were so many bad looking d- there this year. And I'm like, fresh out of the closet, like, wow. okay, I'm going home now, thank you. Okay. Like, you know, like, that's not what it's all about. No. And it ties into that whole where we've got our rights now, so we're fine. It's yeah. like a, sub, a subsection of queer.
4: Some of you have got some rights. That's what that is. <laughs> yep,
0: exactly. And now <laughs> you're showing your privilege yep. Um, by saying that everything's fine. And don't get me wrong, some people that say that are people who really don't engage with queer...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they don't engage with queer culture, but they don't engage with queer activism as such yeah that's that's why they kind of think well i'm fine so everything must be
4: fine yeah you know if they're only so, like ne- if their only experience of it is me and my husband are in a very happy relationship everyone accepts us i'm out at work yes,
0: we've got married then
4: yeah perhaps that to them that's their only experience of it and they go well it must be fine for everybody and obviously it's not exactly um
0: yeah so i i, I see a lot of that And I think to an extent that happens to a lot of people in queer communities when their life is sorted. Mm -hmm. So when their life and things are going well in their lives, they tend to, and I'd probably include myself in this a little bit, (laughs) they tend to step further and further back from the day-to-day issues because there comes a point where it just gets very tiring. So I recently gave up. Gave up activism Mm. after 10 years and what I mean by activism there is I used to do a lot of online activism I used to make videos about queer issues I used to be involved in backdoor conversations so like engaging with companies who want to increase inclusion in the workplace and diversity in the workplace okay TV companies that Um, might be having trans storylines coming up, so I recently knocked all that in the head because Mm. there comes a point where, and I I I think this is very true for at least trans people, I don't know about other people, but I think when you come out as trans, you suddenly go into activism mode because you are fired up, you're like, I'm freshly out, I'm freshly queer, let's go, let's go cause all sorts of chaos. And then you come out the other end of your transition, and for some, they're like, "Well, what do I do now? I I've transitioned. i I've <laughs> life. I'll just keep doing activism." Whereas others spend that time sorting their life out, um, and then kind of pass the baton. I see it as passing the baton. Don't get me wrong; I still speak up on queer issues if there's an issue in the workplace or whatever, yeah. or do the occasional podcast like this. Hey. But I think there's, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank um, you but i think there, there comes a point where you just want to say i've done my time the mental health implications of being an activist are too much mm-hmm. i'm just going to sell that off that's my contribution that's my part of the footprint um, in the grand story of equality,
4: I'm cisgendered, so I don't get that aspect of it. So I can't identify in that same way. I think, for, in terms of the when you're freshly out thing, I think that might be true for a lot of people because certainly, like I was always a super good ally, always. Mm. But um, when I was out, it was like there is an aspect of trying to find out who you are. I was trying to wear a lot of plaid, I was researching <laughs> what lesbians wear. I was going, maybe I'm a lesbian. Maybe we should try and see what they wear. Did
0: what... you get the buzz cut?
4: Did you get no buzz cut? cuts? But I did buy a lot more baseball caps <laughs> <laughs> and i already had the converse and i did buy some birkenstocks um
0: <laughs> well that's you that's the lesbian i'm star i'm done must
4: be a lesbian um so i did all of that aspect um so as a cis person looking in from the outside when it comes to the kind of trans discourse for lack of a better bloody word that i see on twitter all the time i find it exhausting mm. and they are not specifically coming at me and me being a human being. Um, Like, I sometimes get involved in some of those fights. I still do that now. But, like, equally, sometimes you see stuff and you think, well, I know for a fact that there is no changing your point of view because you are so rigid and you're such a terrible bigot. There's no getting through to you. Um, like Like, from my aspect, I see sometimes I step back from some arguments because I think, well, I find it exhausting. And I cannot imagine what it is like from that side of it if you are a trans person to see the kind of horrible rhetoric that is happening on a daily basis on that absolute hell site.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not even just that hell site. I mean, Twitter's definitely got a lot worse in the past three years, I think, as the kind of backlash or counter-argument to to trans issues has grown and festered on there. Mm. It's become a lot more polarised. And, you know, we talk about echo chambers in media and social media, yeah, yeah, And I think those echo chambers have just gotten bigger and bigger and more reinforced that both sides are like, let's have a conversation about this. But then both sides are also yelling at each other. So yeah. you're not going to respond very well to that. Um, and it is, it's, it's, I mean, even today, there was three separate things trending and I just had to tell twitter i'm not interested in this mm-hmm. just to get it off my trending page i mean there was a point where every weekend someone did a really good piece of research and i wish i could remember the numbers but it was something like 400 there was 400 odd articles about trans people over the course of the weekends of one year or so and, and there was a joke running around for a while that sundays were anti-trans day because all the papers would have something or mm-hmm. there'd be a fresh scandal or you know, certain gender-critical journalists with a large platform had just thought, right, I need to make my rent this week. Let's just do mm. an article about
1: trans people, yeah. you know?
0: And we've seen, obviously, in the past, some journalists, their words matter. Mm-hmm. And there's the really prominent case of the teacher whose name escapes me, who was trans, who was outed by a paper, who unfortunately took their yes. own life.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, saw that. I wish
0: I could remember their name. Mm. It'll come to me as I'm lying in bed tonight. I'll wake up <laughs> and go. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's very exhausting. It's very draining. But I think a lot of people don't realise or don't consider, and again, this relates back to those that are constantly in Twitter spats and arguments, is the real-world translation of that isn't as bad, actually, in my opinion, in the real world as it is in the constructed online environments Mm. that we're all kind of inhabiting at the moment. So, you know, recently, just a couple of days ago, there was a gender-critical campaign group had put up some gender-critical paraphernalia, we'll call it, uh, outside one of the schools here in the local area. And the local community were all like, what is this filth? Get it out! And then the person who'd obviously put it up uh, I won't name names because I can't confirm that, and I'm not for a defamation lawsuit.
1: <laughs> um,
4: it's wise. But clearly, clearly
0: someone involved with the group um, had started piping up in, you know, the local community group's comment section. Mm. And everyone just shot them down. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, we support our trans. So at the moment, there's a lot of trans and queer flags in Windows here because everyone's like, well, we'll show our yeah. support.
4: making the you point. You know,
0: so you... So you walk, walk around the streets and you've got, like, BLM stuff, thank you NHS stuff, and then you've got trans flags at the moment. A very wow. nice heartwarming gesture to yeah. see the solidarity there. But I think if you're completely engrossed in that online environment, you, you instantly see stuff like that. And then get on the offensive mm-hmm. rather than... And sometimes that can actually alienate people who are genuinely seeking questions. And this is a big problem I have with activism for anyone in general. Okay. At least in the online spaces is that some people will be confrontational with someone. But if you're, if you're an activist, what your main goal is, in my opinion, is to change hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Okay. You change the world by changing one person's opinion that they can then impart onto another person who might impart that one to two people and it and it grows and it snowballs and it's you know it's the penny effect yeah but this constant battling and yelling i think is actually harming lgbt rights in the uk mm. because there are people who will buy into the paraphernalia of well, gay activists are just aggressive and don't want to communicate and talk. And there's information there that they can screenshot to back it up. Anyone can form an argument based off a tweet. Yeah, yeah. You can take a single tweet and take it anyway, right? And I'm rambling a bit, so please tell me if I go completely off track. No, go ahead. But I'm really sick of it. (laughs) I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of, like, you know, people saying, do you mind if I ask you a question? I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm a pretty open book. You know, there's certain things that are off limit, blah, 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 blah. And then going,
1: why are all
0: gays so angry? And mm. I'm like, they're not. <laughs> it's just the internet is angry. Yeah. As is anything on the internet. Um, so I think that's something that we, we need to consider. And I've wandered so far away from the original question.
4: I think that that's I'm all kind of fair, concerned. though. I mean, it, it kind of touches on a different point, which is about um, like this whole radicalization that seems to be happening on sort of social is like. <sighs> naming no names but i think there are certain places on the internet where say there might be privileged middle class white women for example who have never experienced any sort of real misogyny of any sort of sort and they've never really felt like a lesser class and then perhaps they might become a mother now you know we don't have incredible rights for mothers who don't have incredible treatment for mothers in this country and perhaps you know they're meeting other mothers who suddenly feel disenfranchised for possibly the first time ever in their whole life and if there's a risk there where they feel that you know the the only the only friends they have are these other cis white mothers then who's the enemy and if the enemy turns out to be trans women all of a sudden well we're going to go after them and it's Like, they're never getting any sort of real-life feedback. They're only seeing each other. They're never meeting other trans people and saying, actually, these are human beings. They're not any threat to you. Like, your rights aren't at risk because we give rights to other people. It's not about replacing people at the table. It's about having a bigger fucking table.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I would also add as a small kind of caveat is I get it, though if I put on my kind of gender-critical forum Mm -hmm. nothing cap, women historically have been victims of all sorts of sex-based violence. Yeah, 100%. Of abuse, misogyny, it's it's there, you know, it's in ahead in in society, it's just as big a problem as institutional racism in my opinion. So I can understand if there's something new coming in that you're a wee bit kind of hesitant about or confused about. You might be. Now, some people would label you a transphobe, but you might be kind of more hesitant and have genuine concerns. I, I honestly think, yeah, some of the gender critical movement have at least valid points in terms of saying what their concerns are. Okay. Do I think some of the concerns are actually what they say?
4: No, of yeah. course not. Yeah. <laughs> <Do I> think- <laughs> <laughs> so it been blown I mean, out of proportion. No, not at
0: all. Um. But I, I I get it. And then if you're in that stage where you don't really know, and then people are giving you what sounds like authoritarian advice and going, check out this resource, check out this website, and the website looks legitimate and it looks very yeah. um, professionally done, people are going to listen to that, you know? And then as these groups grow and as the news discourse of society is about taking tweets, you can, as I said earlier, take a tweet and make an entire article out of it. They see that these groups that they're being pointed to given legitimacy by you know, certain print media, television, radio, so they think that that is actually the right opinion to have. And this is where it comes back to those echo chambers where they mm-hmm. don't stop and form their own opinion. They take the opinion of those with bigger social media followings and bigger opinions. Like, it's almost like people's thoughts are now dictated by the number of retweets a tweet has. That tweet's got 2,000 yeah. likes. So yeah, that yeah. must be more right than that. So it must have
4: two, authority in some description. Exactly.
0: Since you have this radicalization, radicalization yeah. happens. But when it starts getting to this fucking nonsense of putting stickers up on lamp yeah. and lamps, posts, yeah, kicking it Like, when have you ever walked past a sticker on the street and gone, well,
4: <laughs> that's me convinced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like I think you touched upon a really interesting point there, which is it feels to me almost like this whole legitimate concern thing is almost like the little 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 corner of a sticker just coming off. That's the little entryway, and then obviously they're coming across these people who have got false information and they sound like they know what they're talking about and they've got the flashy website. And all of a sudden they've gone, oh, no, this, this makes sense to me. This, this backs up the thing that I thought, plus all this other stuff. And it's almost like...
0: everyone else is saying. Yeah. And then it's confirmation
4: bias. Exactly, exactly confirmation bias. They're seeing this stuff and going, oh, well, that must make sense to me because I, I thought this one tiny thing. So therefore, everything else must be true. And you're not hearing any sort of contrictory voices that aren't yelling at you. You're only hearing people who are just going, oh, transphobe immediately you know
0: it's it, it's really funny because these people see all oh, this kind of stuff and then what happens is they get what they want so there's the story of the guy in america the young trans guy who's a wrestler um, i've seen him yes and you know they're always <laughs> it's really funny because i saw gender critical activists using his picture yeah. Due to the local laws, there he's got to compete, he has to, he has to compete women with women. And <laughs> the gender critical women were like, This is terrible, look at this man identifying as a woman. And it's like, No, can you not see the own goal you've got here? The entire argument always excludes men, mm-hmm. and trans men,
4: trans because men I, never exist in this argument, and that's are, what drives me insane. I know, because like, I'm,
0: su- I'm sure that I'm sure they're no harm to anyone. Like, I don't think a trans guy would harm a single no. hair on a fly, but. I don't want to go to the bathroom and have a massive trans guy kicking. Exactly, play. And with the bathroom argument, with with
4: that's the thing that drives me insane is they will always talk about trans women in bathrooms. Like they haven't been in like your entire life. It's just, you've only just noticed. But they always bang on about trans women being in women's bathrooms. And I just think by your own logic... You want trans men to be in the women's bathroom. You are actively saying you want men in the women's bathroom because they are know, men.
0: Do you know what they say in reply to that? They, they want say, well, they, they they're want biologically a... female, so it's fine.
4: Oh That's no, I've, I've heard different. I've heard they want them to have a, a third type of bathroom. <laughs> they want a separate bathroom because we can't have trans men in. We can't have the yes, trans women in. It's really can't easy have the trans to men in.
0: To every single building, um, <laughs> the <third> toilet, category. <laughs> And to be brutally honest with you, I'd rather take the money they would invest in toilets to make accessible toilets better for those that have accessible toilets. hundred
1: percent,
4: hundred percent with you.
0: ...out here spending 50 grand on newspaper fucking adverts mm-hmm. to, um, you know, almost score social media points. And I'm sitting here thinking, 50 grand for a full page spread in a paper, you could use that money... To donate to four women's yeah. shelters and provide oh, much better yes. services for women. You 100%. say you're fighting for women mm-hmm. when in reality you're not really doing anything to do that. You're just disguising
4: You're just attacking other women.
0: And hatred. That's what's happening.
4: Yeah. Um there's yeah. a question from husband, if you'd be willing to look at it. Um Me? He basically says he's a cis, straight white guy speaking, so knows very little of the experiences presented here. I've also taught several trans children. Is there any advice you can give me to support young people on this stage of their journey?
0: Ooh, great question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the most basic things you could do, which are so controversial, just ask them what pronouns you want and yep. what name do you want. That is it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And doing those two small things as part of someone's social transition is completely reversible. There's no harm in calling someone by a different name. We do it all the time when women get married. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done it twice. (laughs) (laughs) You've been there. I've had a name,
4: I've had a different name, and then I reverted to the same name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that kind of thing. And then just listen if they've got a concern. If they say they're being bullied or... the, The reality is it's that whole kind of spider human thing, they're more scared than you are. Mm-hmm. You're feeling awkward about it. The
1: they're spider human theory. Than... <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well spiders are more scared of you than you are a bit, but mm, I'm really scared of spiders. Um... <laughs> oh, you put me off now what was it? Sorry. Yeah, so, so Helping like, trans the... kids. Yeah, they they know what they want and they know what they need. And realistically it's just about showing some some common decency if they say so and so's doing this. Should it mm-hmm. That way, you know, you don't instantly have to go, all right, okay, little Billy used the wrong pronouns and wrong name for this child, so that's a transphobic hate, right? No, no, don't jump there. Yeah. Don't jump that
1: far. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. be like,
0: right, okay, have a chat. Obviously, schools and safeguarding will have that. There's lots of good schools guidance out there. Um, there is obviously lots of good resources, like mermaids and things like that. Um but i would probably say most local authorities or most local school authorities have guidance on dealing with trans and gender non-conforming youth um and as a teacher i think the best thing to do is just ignore it just ignore <laughs> it's happening no, no, but, but, but bear with me when i say that ignore it's happening because realistically the kid just wants to be part of the class just call them a different name and use different pronouns done
4: mm-hmm. i thought you meant you ignore know. the advice <laughs>
0: Ignore all the advice. Um, all the advice. So you should, what you should actually do is drag them into a broom closet, <laughs> tell them they're wrong, uh, make them watch very heterosexual programs on repeat until they come out saying that they're a completely cisgender straight person. Are you saying Clockwork um, Orange the kids? Yeah. Okay. Kids okay. Do that. <laughs> 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 Always end being flippant and facetious. Take the first part,
4: of the advice, not the second. Yeah, but like I kind of feel like, for me, that's the thing that I find a bit bonkers about the whole trans kids argument is that it's like everything you're banging on about is reversible. Yes, they might decide they are a different gender now, and they might change their mind later on. I changed my sexuality in my 30s. Things change. They aren't all set in stone. It, but there is no harm in giving them the name they want, in giving them the pronouns they want. Puberty blockers are reversible. So it's not the biggest issue if that if they've just, if they if they're that distressed about the idea of going through the wrong puberty. I see absolutely no harm. I'm not a doctor. I'll be the first to say I'm not a doctor, but I see no harm in offering that to them. Because then if they decide it's not for them later down the line,
1: they can just stop.
0: Yeah, I mean, puberty blockers opens up an absolutely massive... The irony is, most... There are a few exceptional cases that have come to light recently, so I can't say every kid. Mm-hmm. But most kid, And when I say exceptional cases, like you can count them on one hand. Most young people aren't getting puberty blockers until they're 16 anyway, mm-hmm. which... For some, it's actually a little bit too late because yeah. they may have already started going through it. I mean, I know for me, it was hella traumatic. Um, but you said something at the start of that there that I really wanted to touch on. Um, oh, yeah, the whole trans kids thing. So, realistically, trans youth are just doing a social change in their transition, right? Mm. And what I mean by that is we're in different clothes, uh, different names, different pronouns. That's basically it. Now, like you say, some people might change their minds later on. And hmm. I think we have to obviously accept that detransition is a thing. Nobody's saying it's not a thing. Yeah. But I think the most recent figures on that were about 1%. So you're talking about 1% yes. of the 2% of the population, which is...
4: Exactly you know, that. that. That's the figure that's always got me. Is it's like they always go, yeah, but it's 1%. Yeah, but it's like it's 1% of a tiny sliver that's already. 2%. Yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. hardly any
0: and i know there was a very high profile case recently which was uh kira bell Mm -hmm. a woman who basically full-on transitioned and then detransitioned later in life yeah um, and then wanted to take kind of the nhs to court over that and there was a ruling and then there was a counter ruling and it's all just a big fat stinking mess and for me personally knowing what it takes to go through a gender clinic Mm and hearing her story you know she said that the NHS should have done more to help her but going off what I've read online and that's a caveat <laughs> it sounds like she went kind of semi-private in the okay. and which is not the way to go I'm not an advocate for self-medic I know what happens, I know what goes on I know yeah. people are doing it yeah, because yeah. the wait times are horrific and access to mental health services and all sorts of support are completely through the roof so I get why people do it i mm. don't think it's safe and i don't think it's a uh, fully i don't think it's the right way for people to go so if you go down that route and then you do detransition, i mean i want you to get the support you need to help you with your detransition and sort out what yeah. needs to be done yeah but don't start throwing sets and stones at other people just because you fucked up a little bit
1: mm.
0: like if you'd have gone through the nhs they would probably have said well let's wait a little bit longer mm you know, let's just hold off a little bit until you're a bit more secure in yourself and you know exactly where you're going as terrible as some gender clinics can be and they can be absolutely atrocious they're there because they will catch those that do need a, a safeguarding intervention mm-hmm. um, question from Nuka isn't detransitioning fine if a person wants to? yeah, I'm I'm all for it
4: i think you know. i think that's what we're saying is that yeah. you know if it's something that is not for you I want, I want you've, you know you've gone through it
0: comfortable. yeah i want folks to feel comfortable in their own skin in their own life and just have a nice existence. and whatever you need to do that as long as it doesn't harm someone else mm. go ahead you want to get tattoos over your face have a surgically implanted tail and roam around the woods you do you <laughs>
4: You know? I feel like there's another aspect to detransitioning though which I I do think is worth mentioning because I think it upsets me a little bit is that I think there is some evidence not everybody cuz some people do just detransition because they you know it wasn't right for them and that, that's fine. It's not a problem. But I think there is an, some aspect, some small aspect of some detransitioning people who detransition because of societal pressures, because of the family they've got around them. I've got, you know, I don't accept it. I'm not going to tell you, call you the pronoun you want to be called. I'm not going to call you the name you want to be called. I think if you are not accepted by your own family, I I have seen stories of people who have detransitioned and are quite open about the fact that basic, basically when my parents die, I might transition again. And it's... It kills me that that is an angle that some people have to consider, which is I can only transition when my family around me are no longer here.
0: You know, I used to feel like that. I used to feel, oh, I'm not never going to be able to transition because that was my big concern. Mm-hmm. My big, the big worries was my family are going to disown me. I'm going to be estranged. Happy, Br- hey! uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I just we're find that is what it is. I know that we, we will touch on that. Um, but you know it's, it's the opposite side of all of this as well as there's people that want to transition that, for whatever reason, can't access medical intervention and yeah. this is back to that earlier conversation about masculine looking people in bathrooms mm-hmm. sorry, bathrooms mm-hmm. and it's all all know, about and the bathrooms and stuff like that you know I used to. I used to want to fit in so much with my transition that I spent a lot of time like practicing a really girly voice. Oh, God. <laughs> like <that>. And whereas, <laughs> as I started to kind of fall into my queerness more, I'm like, no, I, 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 I've got a full range I can do here now. You know? um, And I just bit the bullet and went for it and did it. But the people that, can are the, the very visibly trans people you know people that are visibly trans looking you see them walking down the street and you might just catch them in the corner of your eye and see them getting like abuse and stuff like that because they don't look like you know what the stereotypical image of what trans is mm-hmm. trans is a publicity problem in the fact that we keep cranking out the gorgeous looking ones <laughs> rather than this, is
4: this is true this is
0: very true you know With a few exceptions. (laughs) Um, No, I'm out of plastic surgery on it. You look good,
4: love. Well, I think that kind of raises the other issue as well, which is where they talk about bathrooms a lot, but like they don't seem to realize that they are also punishing other queer cis women in this whole thing about, you know, I'm going to challenge you because I think you might be a trans woman. There are so many reports of cis potentially queer women sometimes not there was one woman who was a cis straight woman who had cancer so she had very very short hair they challenged her and you just it's like you don't seem to realize that by going after one subsection of women you are attacking all women
0: <laughs> it's creating a moral panic there was the mm-hmm. girl in, who was in mcdonald's who got attacked because someone thought she was trans and she was just a cis Butch lesbian, just a
1: butch lesbian, <laughs> just
0: a butch lesbian. She got attacked because so many people have been whipped up into a moral panic mm. about it, you know? I
4: think it puts us in a very dangerous place where it's like, once again, if you don't match a very specific standard of female beauty, then we're going to target you for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, completely, completely. And I think that's very, very sad.
4: Mm, I completely very agree. Sad. It's all, it's all misogyny, isn't it? <laughs> Again.
0: <laughs> it's all, all misogynistic. And then there's people who are like, trans women are misogynistic because they of the character of a woman. It's like, the women come in all shapes and sizes exactly. as well, for God's sake. A hundred percent that. I've got a pal who is a complete girly girl, and I love her to bits, but I am kind of like, wow, you're a proper girly girl. And then one mm-hmm. of our other mates, literally, if I didn't know any better, could be a boy. <laughs> yeah, <You know, laughs> she's she's just a badass mechanic who you know plays five or side every wednesday night and you know doesn't really wear makeup has short hair you never see her in a dress i'm not going to say oh are you sure you're not are you crying? sure are you sure <laughs> oh, do you want some of these magic hormones <laughs> um you know everyone is an individual in their own mm-hmm. way you know and this idea that the argument used against trans people is reinforcing gender stereotypes in my opinion is nonsense mm. maybe it has a little bit of weight for people who are just out and mm. they kind of overreach who they are because they have this idea in their head until they get comfortable in their own bodies um but for the vast majority i think trans people break gender stereotypes mm. right and center especially non-binary and gender non-conforming people, especially them.
4: I feel like there's a really good argument there about sort of queer communities in general in that, like, I went through a similar thing, not from being trans, but from not being straight. And it was like, I think you spend a lot of time worrying about how you look and what your body image is like and how you dress and all this kind of stuff. And I think the more that you spend time in queer communities... The one thing I think we're generally good at, and of course there are exceptions, like your monster at, at Pride, but there are certain, there's a lot of, there's a more acceptance, I feel, within sort of queer communities about people just looking how they look as a general rule. So, like, I have stopped worrying. I've said before that I think what concerns me about dating men again is I don't want to start worrying about unnecessary shit like having to make sure my roots are dyed and all this kind of stuff and making sure i meet a certain i've got to lose weight because men would prefer a skinny woman like i would much rather just be myself and be with another woman who just just goes you know what i like you for you that's that's why we're together it's It's not not what
0: anyone wants yeah it's interesting you say that about the acceptance within queer communities because i used to um set an organising committee for a queer film festival, Squiff, up in Scotland, Scottish Queer International Film Festival. Okay. And I remember going to a really interesting panel discussion about working class lesbians. And specifically how they were talking about how in certain species they're actually considered not lesbian enough or not femme enough or not butch enough. You know. know. So there's, even within our own communities, there's, there's, prejudice and misunderstanding and i think probably the biggest and easiest example to translate to people is probably to do with bi people and bisexuality or pansexuality or yep. omni mm-hmm. whereas a bi person can say to someone oh i'm bi and then go out you know let's say yourself an afab uh, person mm. and then go date a woman for six years and then date a man yeah and as you're dating the man someone might say to you oh so you're no longer bi yeah Oh, I'm still biased. Still
4: biased. Bi still biased. Just bi, monogamous so, bi. to somebody else. <laughs> it's just how that yeah, is. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, that kind of level of. And I know people call it biphobia and stuff like mm. that, but I think there's maybe a bit of misunderstanding there and a bit of education and awareness because there's invisibility cloaks on bi people, you know, bi erasure, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, i I think it's interesting when we say there's definitely a lot more acceptance in queer communities but i definitely still think there's prejudice Mm. there some people still carry internalized yes you know homophobia transphobia biphobia even if they are queer Mm. you know and that's something for them to to kind of work through and i think that only happens as you go further down your own queer journey
4: there's a question from Luna, which says, as a mental health advisor, is there something more I could do to those who want to or who are going through transition apart from signposting and just talking to them and making sure they're okay and supporting them?
0: I think that's all you should be doing as a mental health first aider. Yeah. Uh, the role of a mental health first aider, especially in maybe a corporate environment mm. or a kind of modern day environment. I know that a lot of the training that they do for these kind of things says you're not there to provide solutions. Yeah. You're there just to listen and help in that moment Mm -hmm. and you're there to pass them on to people who are professional so as a mental first i think you should just be doing what you're doing and say post them on to professionals because i think trying to give advice sometimes to someone who's in a bit of trauma can actually be a bit yeah and cause Mm -hmm. more trouble
4: in terms of i think we've kind of touched on it like celebrities influencing stuff I mean, do you feel a little bit like, here's something that I know that I struggle with and you might have a different opinion on, but I very much struggle to separate art from the artist. So whereas there have been quite a few cases of previously people that I respected and looked up to you turning (coughs) out to just Mm -hmm. be spouting out trans rhetoric, starting out stuff that's harmful to trans kids in particular, I find it very, very difficult to then look at their art separately. Do you have that problem?
0: Controversial hot take. I still love Father Ked. Okay. Even though it's written by someone who has been very vocal on his stance against trans people, shall we say. <laughs> um, I mean, it's an interesting one, the cancellation of artists. Like, I think in terms of future projects, it should at least be highlighted that this person has done X, Y, and Z shit, you think. Okay. Okay. In terms of, like art that is out there i mean people revere van gogh for his art but the guy was another asshole. you know mm. he was probably a misogynist a womanizer all sorts you know there's cases of that everywhere in life uh, so for me i don't actively like i wouldn't purposely go out and buy the box set of Father
4: Ted. It's online for free <laughs> don't give it. him any money. Is that is that the rule? Yeah, that, that's that's my <laughs> opinion.
0: I won't support you financially. Yeah.
4: I can know? like your art, but I can't give you any money. Is that where we're at?
0: To an extent, I mean you're always aware when you rewatch Father Ted of you know how problematic parts of it are and how problematic he is for his writing yeah. and influencing that in there. But then again, as a creative person, I get sometimes problematic is okay in terms of a, a, a media sense. I think of the one where they're all dressed up as Nazis.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: You know? Mm-hmm. In terms of that episode in the context of that episode, it made sense for Fala to be dressed as a Nazi at the end, you know? Because he inherited the the war memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. somehow it ended up in it. And, you know, it, it worked for the episode. Does it mean it's still problematic? Hell yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's very problematic. And moderately racist that episode in <laughs> <laughs> some in some bets you know and here's the other one fucking wizarding women Porter's just shit In general Never mind her writing it You know See I used um, to love it I used Like I went you still can I,
4: love it I, I can't There's thousands of queer folk Out
0: there That's but. my problem
4: It's like I, Like I used to love The It crowd for example When I was in uni I used to watch that on repeat I could still name you Like words from episodes Um, Me and my friend Whenever we were laughing About sport um, We always used to quote That, that Roy and Moss thing Where they go to the, the Football and it's like Oh now he's kicked the ball Now that man has it And it's like Like, that was always like the in-joke. It was like, I don't understand football. Here is oh, a gift to
0: like But like, I look yeah. at it now
4: and it's really difficult for me to watch because it's tainted by that level of knowing what that man has done. Um, my my favourite thing he, I think he ever said was he had a go at Pink News for having too many articles about JK Rowling. He's, he said something along the lines of, oh, they've published like six articles about JK in the last week. And I was thinking, okay, but you've done 300 tweets attacking trans people in the last 24 <laughs> hours is that not worse
0: <laughs> you've got a national telling and called, <laughs> called trans people nazis
4: yeah um, <laughs> it's funny
0: like I, I i quite like the it crowd mm. and i know i know the episode in question the one yeah. where he dates the woman and he mistakes her saying that she used to be I was, a man I was born or, in iran, or, or iran. Which is actually I funny it's a little bit, of, if you look at it, it, is, it from a comedy standpoint, it's actually a really good mechanism <laughs> to get into
4: that. But see, for him, that's his peel of the sticker, because people called him on it and said, well, that's a little bit transphobic. And all he would have had to have done and gone, all right, no, I see your point. End of story. Instead, that went down this whole careening thing.
0: Thing is, the right is it transphobic it's a, he was,
4: he, the end he, i think the end is a little bit transphobic the fact that when he discovers that she's a trans woman and they end up in a fist fight and it's very very masculine and it's all like this is how bloke is his ass. yeah she does she absolutely she
1: does i
4: i get it i get that it is i know why know people are offended by it, is what i'm saying yeah i get it i
0: get it there's a like thing of transphobia there definitely hmm. but I actually
2: kind of found it really funny. I like, as a joke,
4: I, I was born in Iran, I was born a man. That's, that's just classic yeah. comedy switch-up. I, I understand where he's going with that, but, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because, again, now we're wandering into cancel culture, which mm. I, I'm here to be cancelled.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, where cancel culture, in my opinion, doesn't work.
4: No, I don't think it
0: does. You cancel someone and then they get twice as much publicity. Yeah.
4: They get another platform to talk about how they're cancelled and they can't talk anything.
0: I think, at least, in a, at least in a queer sense, cancel culture has worked in other senses. Kevin Spacey is a prime example of that. Yeah,
4: yeah. I know what you mean. You know?
0: But, and yeah, you know, there, there's things like people using dead names and stuff that I'm not really keen on. I think it's Shit, and that. it's not even comedy, it's not even real comedy, it's just lazy no. comedy. But you know, if I go back and I watch a Kevin Spacey film, you mm. know, mm. there's that art thing. I'm very aware of what he did and where he is now and where his career is now. Mm you can't deny he was in some absolute bangers of films <laughs> you know and think about all the people that worked on those programs and the, yeah. people that wrote the scripts mm. and the directors and I think this just comes from working in the media industry you know it's like
4: is it a bit different for him though in the sense that he's had some sort of consequence to his actions because I, I mean is that man ever going to get another acting role?
0: think he will get another acting role no. yeah so is it easier um, to
4: watch knowing that there's been then, some sort but of then consequence? you look at
0: someone you look at someone like Glenar who mm. recently came out publicly and said that he's lost work and yeah. his wife due to the way he's been banging on about mm-hmm. and i'm kind of like well that's partially your own fault mate you also know, are getting your your from it yeah i don't know it's it's a very tricky one There is probably a handful of for me personally, and I suppose it comes down to your own personal morals and where your compass is and where your judgment point is. If you are someone who is famous and convicted of paedophilia, you can bet your sorry ass I'm not watching anything you've ever been in again. Yeah. I'm not listening to anything you've ever written. I'm not, I'm. I, you are, that is done. And I will be like, oh, I really like that movie or I like that. Quote. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I suppose this comes into that whole privilege point of thing that I was talking about earlier. Like, I'm aware of my privilege and I am now slightly older. So maybe 10 years ago, I'd be going, Oh, the 37, 40 year old people, you know, they're just so privileged. And, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. and now I'm there and I'm like, Well, one of my favorite programs is South Park. You yeah. know, I absolutely love South Park.
1: Mm. And South
0: Park is perhaps one of the most problematic shows that has ever existed, full stop.
1: Mm.
4: I feel like South Park's slightly different on the basis that it's problematic as fuck, but it's also problematic to everybody. Like, there's nobody that they don't go after.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But then again, at the same time, the way they went after Caitlyn Jenner when she came out.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah.
0: You could form an argument that that is transphobic, which probably was in a bit. And, you know, the programme said and things. But
4: Can we talk can about see- the treatment of Caitlyn Jenner? Because Caitlyn Jenner is a deeply <laughs> problematic person, right? I don't like her in the slightest. Mm. However, I really need people to stop having a go at her for being a transgender woman. There are so many reasons you could go after her. Go after her for being right-wing and a conservative and a knobhead and a gun toter. Go after mm-hmm. her for all those reasons. You don't have to go after her for being a transgender woman.
0: People will always go after a trans person for being trans no matter what. Full stop, you know? I mean, Caitlyn Jenner... Wow. She is a prime example of someone who came burst out, bursting out the closet straight into activism, didn't mm. have an idea what she was talking about. And I think that's why there's a big problem with how we have positive media facing role models in trans species. Mm. You know? You look at who's the other woman who's an absolute nut job? Uh India Willoughby
4: okay all right yes
0: came out and everyone's like oh she's a newsreader great fab times and you know you speak to her online i'm actually blocked by her now and,
4: <laughs> good work
0: and she defamed me on the internet um she claimed that she claimed i hacked her twitter and twitter told her it was me and i like twitter doesn't work like that pal mm. you're that job you know and the way that she kind of <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can say that I don't give a flying fuck send a lawyer in Willoughby is a great nut job
3: she was
4: on Big Brother we all saw it we we know that she's in a nut
0: we job saw, we saw and you know now she's marketing herself as the trans Katie Hopkins and then she's like
4: oh no oh
0: I've I've had to have facial surgery because of the trolling no you went on Big Brother to get the money to get
4: the yeah, surgery so yeah.
0: just creating a media presence she,
4: she said that at the
0: time she didn't she i followed her agent the whole time she was in big brother and the agent's tweets went from
1: here to hey.
0: when, when you're a social media manager for a client that's losing it
4: it <laughs> <laughs> was so
0: funny damage so control yeah so you know there are these prominent prominent trans celebrities that the media jump on and there's a problem to do with like celebrity and pop culture mm. and whatever, all that with influencers and stuff like that whereas I just wish that people when they come out didn't try and use their trans status for a bit of fame or yeah. fifteen minutes of fame because that eventually feeds into the problems with the echo chambers and it's gonna go one or two ways. Mm-hmm. They're either gonna be loved by everyone or hated by everyone.
1: Yeah.
0: And you veer off the standard path of what everyone's telling everyone else is what should be said, you're gonna get cancelled. Mm. You know? And I feel bad for Caitlyn Jenner though at the same time because she did have a very big profile, you know, she was an Olympic medalist. Yeah her kids are not jobs, what are the Kardashian clan yep. or whatever they're all called, mm-hmm. you know, so she was part of a very high-profile media thing. Mm. And it does sound like she kind of came out and was kind of wandering a little bit. Um, and then some good trans people tried to kind of point in the right direction. And to be fair to her, she has stepped back quite a large way from doing the trans activism stuff, which alleluia people wanted. But I have heard that, she does use her wealth, money and influence in a really nice way to help local charities in America. Okay. Which I think is the right thing for her to be doing. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not we're not seeing Caitlyn Jenner on TV anymore just because she came out. You yeah. know, we might be seeing her occasionally because there's something to do with mm. what she has. I I just hate the idea of trans people or queer people being celebrated just because they're queer mm. rather than their talent. Yeah. You know? Tom I'm sure Tom Daly doesn't want to be referred to as Oh, that big gay Tom Daly. Yeah. You be to it as Tom Daly Olympic. Olympic diamond. winning yeah. swimist, you yeah. know? Same as me. I don't want to be known as fucking trans Kate. I mm-hmm. want to be known as media savvy. Twitch producer, icon. Extraordinaire, iconic. Twitch adair. icon. Yeah,
4: okay. That's what I call you, Twitch icon. I know you're doing. I'm not used
0: to it. <laughs> but the same way as you, you, know, you don't want to be like, oh, dude, oh I love by Jen. Mm. You know? <laughs> bye Jen. Bye Jen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, know,
0: you just want to be known for, for you and who you are, and that's all queer people want at the end of the day mm. Yes, it's nice if people become a role model or people look up to you because of that Like, some of the people I look up to and did look up to in my early days, you never hear about in the news you never hear over the paper There's um, you know, some of them were trans filmmakers working for various production companies one of them just directed season two of that may martin program Uh, oh
4: i loved that that was so good
0: oh what was that called i i know someone else who directed an episode or two of sex education who's queer you know like these are the people i was looking up to
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah Uh, but that was a really
4: nice representation (laughs) as well in that like that was she was seeing another woman who maybe wasn't entirely sure where she was on that spectrum yet and they got together and then they embraced it and all this kind of stuff and it was it was just a really nice program i think
0: yeah i mean look at one of the best some of the best queer tv i've seen is where you don't even see it coming it was called feel
4: good apparently
0: feel good Yes. thank
4: you (laughs) (laughs)
0: feel good (laughs) you know so that's what i'm saying like these were the people i was looking up to i mean obviously i kind of looked at folk like laverne caught um, Jen Richards, uh, Shell Hendley, Paris Lee's—you know—all these kind of people that are out there. There's, you know, prominent trans activists that have a lot of publicity at the moment that I think are absolute morons. Yeah. Um, and I will not name names because they'll get done for cancellation and racially <laughs> <missionally> profiling. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm not a fan of Munro, for example, say okay. Munro Berdoff. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing, nothing personal it's just i don't like her personality and (laughs) which is totally valid that's a problem you have that's a problem you get in trans communities a lot of people become friends because they're connecting link is that they're trans okay i don't want to be someone's pal just because we're trans i want to be someone's pal because we like the same films or we play the same games or we both hate the same
4: person you know (laughs) like i just want to hatred is the best basis for a friendship
0: I just don't want my sexuality or my gender identity to be anything to do Mm. with the way people form their connections and relationships with me, unless we're planning to shag.
4: Yeah. You know? I think Mae Martin actually really helped me early on as well because she's got a book out, which I believe is called Can Everybody Just Calm Down? And there are discussions in there about the kind of range of spectrum of things between sexuality, romantic orientation all that kind of stuff and there was a point where she discusses how your sexual orientation doesn't necessarily have to match your romantic orientation and i think the second that i read that i suddenly went oh no actually that makes a shitload of sense to me thank you for putting that into words that my little confused brain can read and interpret properly
0: yeah yeah completely i recently did a clear out on facebook um and people would just try and add me on Facebook just because we were trans together. <laughs> that you know sixty year old Janice fore and I'm like, Janice, we've never met, we've never interacted I have public <laughs> profiles. We want follow public profiles. Why are we going to be friends and that? Oh, hi, hon. I just saw your profile, and because you're trans, I want to. We've be got so friends. much in common. <laughs> but, no, the only thing we've got in common is we've both probably lately got a
4: dick <laughs> chopped off.
0: <laughs> not everyone has surgery. We're not going to go down that route, but you know. <laughs>
4: All right. Okay. So, something happier because we've been... I'm taking up so much of your time. Drag oh, no, Race. This. This drag Race. Talk to me oh, about Drag Race.
0: Oh, Why well, we're here on Drag Race, yes. right, here we go. Okay. I'll throw your own question back at you. Okay, go on. Why are we watching Drag Race? Because RuPaul's so problematic.
4: Do you know what? I was going to ask you about your opinion on that because... Uh, So I really struggle with the fact that RuPaul's problematic because I've watched Drag Race. I came into it when US was on series four on Netflix and then I just watched Mm -hmm. the whole four seasons. And since then, I've watched every series of US. I've watched All Stars. I've watched Drag U. I've watched the UK version. I've watched the Canadian version. Right. I was full in from the get go. Um, It's also one of those really funny things where I didn't know, obviously, that I was queer when I started watching Drag Race. And my ex-husband used to watch over my shoulder. He used to watch on the iPad while I was watching it. And he go, this is stupid, this is stupid. And then he spent his entire time just like... Watching it. Watching it. Because obviously mm-hmm. something grabbed him. Um, it feels... It's so tricky. I tell you what, there we are. In terms of separating out from the artist, to a degree, I've had to do that with Drag Race because it's such an ingrained part of my life. I feel like RuPaul has done so much for bringing drag mainstream making it more acceptable to the cishets of the world who maybe didn't know what it was. I think there are problematic aspects to drag race, which they are starting to address in a little little way. So, for example, I would say they never used to crown anybody that wasn't thin and pretty and met that kind of feminine standard. Whereas you know you've got Lawrence Cheney is our recent winner. Lawrence. Sorry, UK, UK spoilers from several weeks ago. But Lawrence Cheney is you know she's a bigger girl, but she's there on merit. She's there because she's funny. She's there because she's talented, and she still won it.
0: Here's a question: Why are we referring to Lawrence Cheney as Lawrence Cheney, but then using she her pronouns when he's a cis gay man?
4: Because well, isn't Lawrence Cheney his drag name? What's his real name?
0: I don't, I'm not going to dox Lord.: on the internet.
4: <laughs> well there we what, are! We're referring to Lauren as well? Chaney as she-her, so because that's we her drag about, name.
0: When we, when we talk about drag queens though, it's easier for a cis person to call a drag queen she-her than it is for them to call a trans
4: person she Yeah.: her. And they will also call them she-her when they're out of drag, because it's considered respectful. That's that's the thing that I, I find know, hilarious. I it's respectful you know to what? refer to a drag queen as she/her pronouns. They've got no I problem ever, with that.
0: <laughs> I just, it, it blows my brain. You know, I've only ever watched one season of Drag Race, and that was the most recent one, only because Lawrence okay. was on it. Lawrence. And Team Lawrence, because we worked with Lawrence. Team Lawrence, um, in my day job. Um, <laughs> And then he went and bloody won the bloody thing. Lawrence Lawrence, Jenny! Jenny!
1: Lawrence Jenny! Love and Lawrence.
0: He, he bloody well deserves that because the entire time I've known Lawrence, all he has said is he wants to bring drag to the TV, and he did. Oh, mobile, he smashed he it from
4: it. like week and one. I enjoyed,
0: I enjoyed the series, but there was moments in it where I was just like, "You're flipping between pronoun usage here," <laughs> you know, like at various points.
4: Who was who was flipping between pronoun usage?
0: Oh, uh, there was they were doing a critique. I think they were talking about taste or someone, and they were like. Oh, she's brilliant! I just love her outfit. You know, and I was speaking to him earlier, and okay, you know, like mid-sentence right flipping. Message. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's that's not really helping the whole <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Drag Race is its own entity. I've watched the series. That's it. It's doing its thing. It's done. It's dusted. do I have a problem with drag queens in general. Most mm-hmm. of them, not at all. Yep, no. I know lots drag queens. I'll go to a drag show. I think they're a good laugh. There are some problematic queens, just as problematic mm.
1: people.
0: In Sadly, Any so subsection or sub uh, community or clan or whatever you want to call these little pockets of society that have always existed. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to Drag Race. I think it probably is rising up. Yeah, but that's a prime example of separating the art from the mm. artist.
4: It's true. Right uh, So,
0: next thing you know, you, you struggle with that when it comes to a TV show that's been written by Glenar or a Harry Potter book, or I actually quite like the Fantastic Beast series. I think they're actually better than Harry Potter. It's really interesting that whole art from artist thing, mm-hmm. and it's really hard, I think, for some people.
4: I think you've made me think because RuPaul is my one exception of someone I find problematic but I'm still watching their output regardless. I know
0: lots of queer folk that still watch and read Harry Potter.
4: Mm. I mean, you you, you probably don't know about Cherry Pie then, do you? If you're not a Drag Race fan. I think it was last US series. It was either that one or the one before but I think it was the last one. Where literally Cherry Pie, they'd filmed like the entire thing. They'd filmed the entire series. She came in and then all these allegations came out about the fact that she'd been essentially catfishing men, promising them acting roles and what have you, if they sent him pictures of themselves and doing things and all this kind of stuff. So it all came out and they basically had to hastily re-edit an entire series of Drag Race. They said Ooh. they had to put a disclaimer on the front to say she is in this one, but she's basically, they basically had to admit she was disqualified from the final. So she got into like the top three. And you could tell from the very one episode that they showed her on, you could tell that she was incredibly talented and you knew she was going to go far. And she's completely undermined it by being a fucking monster.
0: <laughs> mm, it's, it's... Here's, here's, here's another viewpoint on this, right? Should someone lose their job mm-hmm. for something they did outside of work hours?
4: I know that's a really, no, really no, no, tricky no, no, question. Not to
0: justify that whole chair thing because I guess no. it comes back to cancel culture and where we're at with cancel culture. Yeah. That you know, people might say to me if I say something online, "Oh well, shoo your company should fire you for this," and I'm mm. like, "Why?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> why i'm just sitting on the internet making jokes you know yeah i'm out here doing doing what it is and people you know i think some people out there might say stuff like "Well, it really depends on on what they did yeah, yeah. fair enough if you went out and if you did something that was a criminal offense and you went to court and went to jail i you know
4: it's that but company it's, and disrepute thing isn't it it's like if you've physically yeah. brought your company Bad press, then they have a right yeah. to get rid of you. And
0: I mean, that drag race example sounds exactly like mm. that, that was the right thing to do. But yeah. it ties back to the echo chambers that then do that to creatives, and it's always creatives mm. or people in kind of public-facing spheres. Then they try and do that to Margaret, who's maybe got a bit of a radicalized opinion online. While Margaret works at the post office, she might need to try and speak. Margaret must be
3: feared Yeah, no right to
0: have a difference of opinion you know you might not agree with someone's opinion i don't Mm. fully agree with the gender critical movement in the slightest but i'm not gonna be at work with a gender crit and go well they need to be fired because i disagree with them they are just as bad as the echo chambers that you're trying to break out
4: i was wondering if the example that came to mind for me there was do you remember that woman that had made a slightly racist joke I think it was something about Ebola, and then she got on a plane, and basically, like, she'd had, I think she had, like, 20 followers on Twitter when she made this joke, and then by the time she got in the plane, basically, there was, like, this whole witch hunt happening where it was, like, everyone was retweeting it and going, oh, my God, she should get fired, we found her employers, we've told them, blah, 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 they were tracking her train, her plane... You're tracking the plane on, like, the internet to see where she was. They was like, oh, she won't know yet. She won't know that she's fired. Because everyone else found out that she was fired before she did. Because her company made a statement to say, we're letting her go. And then, obviously, she landed and then would have had, like, a thousand phone calls and a thousand text messages saying, oh, my God, you need to read this thing. And it's it's almost like she said a really horrible, shitty joke. And it was it was a racist opinion. But if she's, like, a financier or something... Again, it's a, really weird, it's a really weird situation because it's Do like I, she's gone viral f- for it.
0: The internet has suddenly taken someone who said something a little bit shitty and then tracked an the exact location on a yeah, plane.
4: Yeah, I feel like that's, that's like a proper witch hunt. It's, it it makes me it. uncomfortable that people were tracking where she was and going, Oh, well, when will she know? When will she know? It's like that is, that's very amphitheatre, Roman, Greek,
0: but you, the minute you put that back onto someone else who's done that before, they're like, "Oh well, this is terrible for my mental health. I'm going to disconnect from the yeah. internet."
4: Yeah, It's it's interesting actually. They've, it, it, they've it, mentioned I'll talk
0: into echo chambers and the way that tribes and communities are formulating their opinions. I see it all the time. You mm-hmm. know, there was a pal of mine putting together. I say pal, acquaintance. <laughs> I've
4: met them a couple of times. I've got some would... friends <laughs> like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know
0: how they would be to me. An online person <laughs> who put together a, their first ever kind of charity event on YouTube, and they've only just recently started getting a kind of fairly big profile. I've watched them jump from like twelve thousand to forty thousand followers on Twitter. Wow! Exactly. You know, and they put out the first batch of attendees for this kind of day-long stream and there was more to follow. There was a big question mark that said more to follow. And within minutes, everyone was like, well, this is very white. This is very, why have you got that person on? Because they're a bit right wing. Well, because they're a queer person. Queer people can be right wing. They don't all have to be left wing. You know, like, I'm probably a bloody liberal if I thought about it deeply (laughs) enough, you know, with left leanings. And it was that whole pitchfork thing. And I was like, here's someone who's trying to do something good for trans day visibility. And you're making it a misery that they almost cancelled it. Mm -hmm. Which is terrible, because they ended up raising like 10 grand for this mental health charity. Yeah. You know, all because you jumped to an assumption. And no matter what they said, it was just about those social media points. If I say this. And get angry, my pal will give me a like, and that gives me my validation that I'm doing something important.
1: Mm. When
0: the reality is, you're taking your own house, grabbing a lighter, and setting the fucking thing on fire. That's what you're doing.
4: Yeah. Please, please don't actually start a fire in your own house. (laughs) Please don't actually start a fire. Okay. It just pisses
0: me off. You could tell how angry I got there. I it would
4: it would be a dramatic way it. to end the podcast, but Jesus Christ is not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like I'm ranting quite a lot about these kind of communities, but I think if there was one thing I could ever say to everyone is form your own fucking opinion. Yeah. Do your own research. Don't just listen to Billy J one four seven one on first Twitter name bunch said, of numbers. Yeah, who says there's 30,000 gender-critical campaigners planning to stand <laughs> on Basingstoke because they're annoyed at the lack of pianos for women yeah. in, in the area. Like, that's not a thing. That's not happening. It's just, oh, I just, just... And I think I, I, I say this as someone who was guilty of it. And fairly recently, there was a very prominent example in my own life where... I saw a news article, I saw a story about a court case, phoned up someone that I trusted and was like, right, give me the inside skinny on this, let me know exactly what's going on. And they were like, well, actually, it's this, this and this and that and that and that. And then I phoned, you know, someone in the newsroom and I was like, hey, friend, what was the skinny? You were in the courtroom. And then they were like, well, actually, it was this, this and this. And I was like, the information I've been given by the trans person is damage limitation.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not factual. Yeah. Yeah. And this happens on both sides of the fence. I'm not just having to go trans folk here or queer people here. But that was a really cementing point for me that I knew that the decision I made to a couple of years ago to stop being a sheep was the right decision. Yeah. Get your own facts, get your own resources, and then make your own mind up. That is the one thing I would say to anyone about anything. As long as it doesn't involve harming someone else if you come to the conclusion that trans people or gay people or bi people must be shot, then that's the wrong conclusion in seek mental
1: health.
4: It's it's, it's the one thing that I've gotten much, much better at in recent years in that any time I see... my favorite twitter joke ever is my name is first name bunch of numbers and i have a lot of shitty opinions but it's like (laughs) like if i see shit that's written down and it's like oh my god i'm so outraged by this my initial instinct now isn't to retweet and go look at this this is outrageous it's to go and find a secondary source for that and Mm -hmm. to go and check somewhere i trust how do you feel about queer people finding like their own chosen families and sort of online communities that kind of thing
0: I think it's lovely. Like, for as much as I've kind of semi-shat on it, right? This <laughs> podcast, quite literally just opened up the bowels and let them go. I actually top. love it. Because as we know, coming out and doing the whole coming out thing, and I touched on it earlier, a lot of people are disowned by their family. Mm-hmm. They're estranged or they're disowned by their loved ones or, you know, people that were super close to them. And it took me a very long time to kind of fully accept chosen family, um, not even chosen family, but, you know, like friends and just people that aren't your blood (laughs) relatives, you know, to be more important. But then if you think back to it, from the minute you become a teenager, you're effectively building chosen family, Mm -hmm. whether those people are still here now. But when you're 16, your pals know more about you than your parents do. Your 20s, your close pals that you still have know more about you than your parents do. Yeah. In your 30s, all your pals know more about you than your parents <laughs> do. You know? And whilst well, it's nice to have family, I do get sad about it. And I do have moments where it really sucks and it stings and it's it's painful and like national holidays and birthdays Mm. and all that kind of stuff but the days like that like my own birthday so say it's your birthday my birthday and i've got that feeling uh you know it'd be quite nice to be with my family Twenty minutes later, the pals are at the door with the prosecco cake and a taxi to somewhere mysterious because we're going to have an absolute sesh of a day.
3: Yeah, and it goes
0: away, <laughs> you know. <So laughs> I think it's it's violently important that people find their own tribes and their own, mm. you know, communities and their own chosen families because at the end of the day, everybody dies,
1: right? <laughs> <So> those,
0: those <laughs> but they're right. At the I'm end of the day,
4: everybody, everybody dies. Everybody that's the quote
0: of the podcast. 99% probable that <laughs> it's going to be your parents <laughs> and grandparents that will die before you do. So you're getting some new family in your life, right? <laughs> oh my God.
1: <laughs>
0: but that's that's just how I've compartmentalised that in uh, my head. Um, <laughs> someone's asking if I live in a server room. No, Nuka, I... <laughs> have a massive microphone over a MacBook. So you've got some MacBook fans. I'm sorry that there's a bit of trouble here, but... Leave her alone. She's Leave my guest. Alone. You shut I'm up. Being, <laughs> being prolific right now about the death of old yeah. family members. This you is about dead people. Rooms. So, yeah, so I think, I mean, chosen family, you'll see that definitely amongst the younger generations. If you ever go to, like, LGBT youth groups and stuff, mm-hmm. you can tell they're clearly more family than than yeah. actual family. And it's that support that's there and unconditional love. And that goes for anyone in any situation, not just being queer. You know, anyone that has hardship in their life or strained relationships, you'll find those handful of people that are definitely going to be your pals for life. I mean, me and my best friend have known each other, what, 22 years now or something Mm. like that.
4: Mm. It's
0: very safe to say that that is my sister, you know?
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I go I go our house for Christmas all the time now. Aww. go to an island and I've known our mum and dad since we were that age. You know, so that <laughs> this chosen family for you.
4: I think from my perspective of it, like i I think I'd kind of had an aspect of it previously. When I certainly when I started coming out, it was like there were people around here that I kind of got in with and I mentioned the kind of um free pride stuff that was going on in Cardiff. I met a lot of people through that. Um, mm-hmm. But when it came to Twitch, honestly, this last year, I think I've discovered more chosen family than I ever did previously. Like, there are people I've met in this last year that I would die for. <laughs> like, they mean more to me than my actual family.
0: <laughs> yeah, I felt like that with some folk before, and I'll no doubt feel like that with certain people again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, poor advice is don't beat yourself up if they suddenly disappear.
4: Yes, yeah, I think that's fair.
0: That happens with people all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for people just to um, get really... People move on, don't
4: they? Things happen. Mm
0: -hmm. Things happen, you know.
4: Well, that's a depressing way to end, so thank you for that.
0: (laughs) On a positive note, then, um, if you want a positive note, I would say it's fucking magic being queer, though, innit? Oh, God, isn't
4: it? I'm so much happier now. I don't know what I did for the first 30 years, but I was boring as. And now look, now look, look how gay we exactly. are today. I also
0: love how you censored your fuck there, but I'm just throwing them out left, right and centre. I'm probably um, going to leave
4: them in, to be honest, Kate. This is uh, this is an 18 plus stream as it is. <laughs> I
0: thought you might, Jen, I thought you might. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and in, a, in a trans sense, here's something that not everybody notices. When next time you see a trans person do a coming out post or doing a side-by-side, you know, sometimes there's those trends about showing your old photos with your Ooh, new photos. Okay. You know, these, like, 30-year-old glow-up the glow-ups The so, glow-ups,
4: yeah, yeah, the yeah, glow-ups.
0: Picture me in 2000, picture me now. Trans people will always win that. Yeah. Every <laughs> time. Every time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but have a look at the eyes. Okay. Because you will actually see... There's something about the eyes of someone who pre-transition to after transition, they just have a new sparkle to <gasps> them.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: Definitely not. size. in the eyes. People just look happier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I'm absolutely shattered, but I'm sleeping. <laughs> I'm talking to my microphone and looking into my camera and saying, I says, see no, shiny,
4: no. Eyes. shiny eyes. Shiny eyes. Shiny eyes. Shiny happy eyes. Mr. Susan. Check out
0: my mirror balls. Look at them shine. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's a good way to end on a Mighty Boosh quote. Uh, So where can we find you on the internet, my delightful Kate?
0: You can find me everywhere on all social media using the handle uh, u w h underscore Kate.
4: Beautiful. Anything else you want to plug while we're here? (laughs) I
0: don't think I've got anything else to plug, do I? I'm not even here to plug, I'm just here to have a nice little chat. I know, I know.
4: And and I'm so, so grateful that you've come in to have a chat today because I think I've said to you privately that I think that you were the perfect person to start this off on because you're so knowledgeable about stuff and you've obviously got a lived experience and I think it's very important to get out how you feel about stuff and I deeply respect you as a person. Oh, Please continue. continue being my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well we're family now. Jenna. We're family sure now. We're, we're family. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me on your inaugural podcast. Thank That's you. quite an honour. I mean I've been a few people's guests on their inaugural podcast and not many of them are still running. So enjoy this limited <laughs> run no straight answers. This was the no.
4: first and last episode of no straight answers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, is that the cancellation department? <laughs> I got people
4: coming
1: right up for you.
4: That was the incredible media savvy producer extraordinaire iconic uh, Kate. And you can find her in a non-creepy way with the details in the description. Thanks for listening. There'll be a new episode every Monday, unless I have, once again, bitten off more than I can chew. I've been Jen, this was No Straight Answers, and we'll see you again next week. Hold
3: up.